There we go. Hello and welcome to season one, episode one of The Away End. Here with. <laughs> Here with who? Uh, so, hi, I'm James uh, and I've got Dan with me. Hey, all. We are um, two old school friends. Uh, we've known each other, what, fuck me. Far, far too long. 20 Literally. years. Like yeah. yeah. Not as long I- as you've been a United fan, though. Yeah, not as long as I've been a United fan since six. Yeah, but, you know, I reckon Pops bought me the first T-shirt, first United kit about yeah, some five or six, something around there, with the uh, with the great Eric Cantona uh, on the back. I think if I remember. Oh yeah, right. and uh, and I've not quite got as much prestige as that because I've <laughs> only been a uh, footy fan for about three years now, but uh, and- live and breathe in Spurs. And you picked your poison with Spurs because. <laughs> I obviously wronged someone in a previous life, um, <laughs> murdered someone or slept with someone's wife or something like that. Yeah, putting you through literal weeks, years, seasons, decades of uh, punishment. Misery, man. Misery. Punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, we'll get into that later. We'll get into it later. <laughs> Dimbo, what, what's, this, what's this podcast for? What are we, what are we aiming for here, mate? What's, uh, what's on the docket? What are we saying? Um. Well, first of all, you have to explain to me what on the docket means in a bit. But uh, I mean, kind of generally, we realise we talk a lot of shit about football week in, week out, every day, always talking to each other about it. So we thought, why not sort of hit the record button on it, you know? Big football fans, but we're no means stat heads or journalists or experts. So we thought it'd be kind of nice to maybe occasionally get people on, friends we know, support other clubs that we don't know that much about and sort of hear their insight and and their opinions and their views, worries, fears. No, no, I'm fully with you on that, mate. I think uh, getting in them kind of people, you need to, you need a broad church of opinions when it comes to football. And uh, and, uh, we're we're going to, we got some interesting characters line up. I already know a few of what, what uh what we're thinking about get who we're thinking about getting in yeah i think i think some of them could be uh could be real fun <laughs> yeah so i think we're kind of we're going to aim to like kind of release weekly um maybe more than that uh but in the build up to next season we're going to kind of be talking about transfers um sort of ambitions for different clubs for next season i mean so to start off it's just the two of us this week and also i just want to add i think i think we'll probably go with just uh, like a wider chat on uh, just it, not just so much club centric. You want to like we want to like just look at like Europa League. You know what's what's coming up and like. Obviously- I was gonna say we'll definitely be we'll definitely be looking at Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> also, also I feel like in this in these times as well, it'd be pretty good to cover how Corona's actually affected football and uh, yeah. and sort of issues in terms of finances and how how it's gonna affect sort of stuff in in the transfer market which players are uh price wise if if clubs are going to be willing to pay more or less for a player now because of obviously not getting the revenue they're going to get through put people coming through the turnstiles and stuff like that so i think it'll be a broad church but again like you said i think it, it will be good with uh definitely getting a few people in to experience some other uh different clubs because uh, obviously yeah i think it's all it's a it's kind of about educating ourselves as well like you know mm. I mean, we've got someone potentially lined up uh, who is a die-hard Barnsley fan, and I couldn't tell you the first thing about Barnsley Football Club, like. But he's going to educate us, I'm sure. I'm I'm well up for that. I think that'll be interesting. I know very limited about Barnsley. I know that from the north, and that's pretty much it, mate. So. <laughs> but uh, 
it's not the Barnsley podcast. So no. this week we thought we'd, um, as we've got no guests on, and it's just the two of us, we'd kind of quiz each other on our different clubs. So this week we're going to kind of focus on Daniel's uh, passion, uh, Man United. Um, and I'm going to be launching a few questions at him to help me improve my knowledge of the club, but also kind of just hear his opinions and, like we said, like ambitions for next season. Yeah. yeah. Nah, so. man. I think I think we're I think we're on to a winner there, mate. Fire away whenever you're ready, pal. So we're just going to launch into a few questions now for for Dan uh, on United. Um, straight off the bat, I kind of. I always thought he's a bit of a wet boy. What's kind of your What's kind of your opinion and, and the general supporters' opinion of of Oli? Uh, I'll be honest with you, mate. I was not on the Oli bandwagon to start with. In fact, when Tottenham got rid of Poch, I, I spoke to you about this several times. I was actually on the get Poch in. I'm sorry, but at the time it was probably what January time. Oli hadn't. He was fine. He was doing all right. I think we we're still probably sick. And I thought I really wasn't sure that they was going to work out, to be honest. And when you had the chance of getting Poch in, I thought we might as well. But I will eat my words fully, fully. He has turned the team around. Again, I thought it was probably that he was a bit of a shit manager. I think really it was the fact that he had hardly any of his players. He didn't have Pogba at the time. We didn't have Fernandez. The midfield was McTominay, Matic and Fred. And really, like, that isn't going to get your top four, is it? So uh, my opinion on Oli has vastly changed. I always loved him as the player, but now as the manager, I'm fully on board. And from what I hear from all my, my mates who are supporters, they're fully on board with him as well, I must admit. So top four, you can't, you can't complain when you get top four. That's true. I'll have to uh, check the time code on that, but I reckon it was about six minutes for you brought up Pochettino. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I can't I can't um, I can't imagine him inspiring a dressing room. He looks like Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, no, I do agree. He's 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 a very meek, mild mannered kind of guy. But sometimes, like you don't when you got when you got other big players. I do think Fernandez has changed the dressing room a lot. In terms of like, he does sound like he's got a pretty big voice in there. And when you got players like him, uh, uh, what's his name, Maguire, uh, and other players who are pretty much stepping up, and it makes a manager having to be less of like a loud mouth, like Ferguson was or like Mourinho is. When you got players around them who will do all the talking or bollock players for making mistakes. So, yeah. I don't know. It, yep. We're going to have to see next season, isn't it? That's, that's the real test. Champions League football and trying to compete at a top level. As, as no massive gap in the middle where, you know, we had a chance to get players recovered and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sort of bleeds into the next question really about, um, well, I'm going to combine these next two because I don't think I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there was a question here about, uh, talk, can you talk about your form since the restart? But then also... Fernandez is a beast. So, <laughs> Mate, I mean, is, is he is he the is he kind of the the architect of of that success? Hundred percent. You have hit the nail on the head, mate. The form from restart has been down to Fernandez. Let's be honest. Like he has something like eleven assists, or I think it's eleven assists and nine goals since the restart, or something along them lines. And it's like 
when you got when you got that kind of creativity, unfortunately, when it was McTominay, Matic, and, and Fred in that midfield, there was nothing. Sidewards and backwards passes. That's all they had. Now Fernandez gets the ball, looks up, and he pings the ball. It might not. It might not be you know getting Rashford or Martial or James or facing Greenwood in straight away. But yeah, he's he has improved this team. This team. Like you said, it, he is the architect for it all. And if we hadn't got him in, in January, I, I 100% believe we would have been six or seven, no doubt. Mm. I mean, I'm just looking here, 14 appearances, eight goals, nine wins, zero losses. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty Can impressive. I... Seven assists. How many of those are penalties, though? Four well, penalties. Well, mate, mate this is, this, I, I wanted to bleed this into this, mate. Yeah. yeah. I've told you this off air, mate. Hasn't missed, hasn't missed a penalty in four years. The dude was 21 the last time he missed a penalty. I got time for that. Uh, like I said, <laughs> we, 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 can, we can go into, if you think all the penalties are legit or not, we can go into them, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm all up for having that discussion. But unbelievable from the penalties. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to go into them because that's a conversation that's going to cause a bit of conflict, I think. But, uh, I mean, it's not the VAR podcast, is it? No, um, true, true. But I don't know. I, that's not a question I had written, written down, to be honest. But do you want to quickly talk about United and penalties? Name yeah. a better duo, I'll wait. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think some of them, I will agree, have been questionable. There was... There was the second one, which we didn't get against you on the restart game for Fernandez. That was an absolute joke. He definitely, definitely dived. I no 100% contact, agree. Yeah. No yeah. contact, no contact at all. Um, I think the one against Copenhagen 10 years ago, that's not a penalty. Uh, Martial, yeah? Oh, Mar- yeah, yeah, Martial, Martial. The, yeah, that, uh, 10 years ago, even probably five years ago, that's not a penalty. He's, he's, it's, look, it's, soft but nowadays as soon as you put your hand on a player's shoulder he's gonna go down so and then my, my question around that would be why is it that way because now we have more people looking at penalty decisions than ever there's teams of people sat behind screens watching it in slow motion so why is it a penalty now and not five years ago because the game's got softer you think yeah hundred percent like we said like we said off air again how many, how many hard men do you have? How many, like, Roy Keane types do you have? How many, I can't even think of, Patrick Vieira, you know what I mean? Like, them kind of midfielders who would literally just be slamming people every single game. And, like, you, you can't have them anymore because you, you, they'd be suspended for half a season. Roy Keane literally would play about... 10 15 games a season because he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be on yellow cards and red cards for, for the rest of the season. So, I think uh, two, wor- two, two words for you, mate Harry Winks. But let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nicely, nicely done, mate. Nicely done. Um, United have obviously finished top four, <clears throat> top three. Oh, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, so like, what 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 are your kind of ambitions for next season? Are you looking at silverware? Would you be happy with kind of a, a deep Champions League run? Would you be looking to finish top four again? I'd be happy this season. Obviously, depending upon transfers, at this moment, if we kept the current squad, I'd be happy 
with top three again. Uh, and getting, if we got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, and I don't know, maybe maybe a run in the cup, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd settle with that. I wouldn't say I'd be happy, but I'd settle for that as long as we can get consistency. Because I'll be honest, City, City, and, and Liverpool are absolutely miles ahead of all the rest of the league still. Like, and they're already buying players. City are buying players now. Like Liverpool are buying players. Like. The two best teams are the team are the two teams that have already bought players during the transfer window, and obviously Tottenham have. But like oh, they're it's already not quite up there, is it? Exactly. <laughs> it's not... and, you know, like at the end of the day, like Aki for for Nathan Aki for and um, the the lad from uh, Olympiakos for Liverpool, they're they're going to take some time to bed in. But I, I personally, Body's I think... there, isn't it? Exactly. on the field, man. Exactly, man. Exactly. And I do think Aki, I hate to say it, I do think he is going to be really good for City. And that's kind of scaring me saying that as a City, as a United fan. But I mean, he looked, he looked pretty good for uh, for Bournemouth. But I mean, when you have players of that quality around you, it elevates your game. Yeah. I think, massively. Like, he's obviously oh. was trying to plug the holes on a sinking ship at Bournemouth. But, you know. But then, um, then I, do, I do think Pep, as a manager... Bloody hell, like you, wow, you get it's, it. it's supposed to be a United-themed episode, right? I know, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying I've got a lot of time for Pep. He is an unbelievable manager. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you want to talk about Sancho, mate? Let's not even get started on that. That is single, single tear coming out of your eye that I can see, right? Yeah, mate. No, floods, mate. Absolutely floods. I... I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't really know what's going on with it. it. I read yesterday that there was talks that he is now going to try and push it through himself to try and like, he basically said like he wants to come United. But I think 100, 107 million, 110 million, how much you're talking about is too much. I, me personally, I wouldn't pay 110 million. For, that's the most United have ever played for a player. Like that's more than Paul Pogba. And at the time, 90 or 92 million whatever it was we paid for him i was like oh, that is a lot of money and i think 107 I mean, particularly in this market as well exactly mate i mean don't get me wrong united are a big club and they can survive without turnstile revenue but it's going to affect them eventually like if, if this happened if this carries on into next season corona where you can't have or you only can have limited number of players uh, uh fans in the stadium like it's gonna it's definitely gonna impact him so with sancho like uh, who would he who would he be in competition with in your squad see that's the thing like i personally now i love mason greenwood and yeah he's only 18 and he's he's gonna have to have he's a proper bits, full season he is doing bits though mate he is doing bits and it's it's what what i love about him is the fact that you can guarantee he gets he gets in that box at any point He's going to put it on target. And that's what I do love. I'll agree. He's only 18. you got to see next season. I think in this off-season, it's kind of a bit of an annoyance that last off-season, Rashford managed to have the whole off-season to actually bulk up, came back. And to be honest, he looked like a proper, a way bigger lad. He looked like he put on quite a bit of muscle weight. Whereas with Greenwood, he's got, what, like a month less, a bit more than a month to basically... Put his body through essentially trying to get up to the to the strength level of all the other players in the prem which is yeah it's tough that is tough 
So he's I think... giving him the chance, though, mate. Like Ollie's, Ollie's yeah. given him the best kind of window that he can to prove himself, and he seems to have taken it by the horns, to be honest. So I, I, that's that's one thing I got a lot of time for Ollie for, and I do think Potch would have done that. But I, Ollie, Ollie, I got a lot of t- a lot of time for bringing through the youth, mate. A lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could get onto that next week. <laughs> You can hear me talk at length about Tino's <laughs> youth policy, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that already, mate. I mean, so so we, we kind of touched on transfers briefly there, but like, what sort of areas of weakness are you kind of looking at? And so where would you like to bring people in and who would you like to bring in? Uh, who would I like? Areas of weakness, uh, centre-back. I, I like Lindloff. I think he's a good player, but he's, he's not Harry Maguire. He's not. He's not. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Van Dyke. Van Dyke is by far and away the best centre back in the league. So realistically, I'd want a centre back. I want really another striker, but at the same time, like with Tony Marshall, he blows hot and cold sometimes. I don't know. It's. I think. I think one of them where. If I was gonna, if I was gonna, if I was gonna say anyone, I'd want a centre back, a hundred percent. The lad from Napoli, um, Koulibaly, or um, I mean, you're I mean, talking that's seventy mil, isn't it? Yeah, but if I'm honest, if I'm honest, I'd, I'd take, I'd spend seventy mil on him and just not bother with Sancho. I like Sancho. I think he's a good player, but I don't think we really need. We've got, we've already got Daniel James. We've already got Mason Greenwood, and I know Juan matters a bit getting on, but he can still play on that right. I think realistically at this point, we're at a position where we haven't made enough, there isn't enough transfers in and out of United because I do think we're going to get rid of Lingard. If we don't... Oh, you have to. You have to. You have to. Oh, that Um, guy is the definition of Deadwood, mate. Mate, 100%. Him, Phil Jones, we've already already got rid of Sanchez. Uh, There's talks of... um, Well, not, not technically... Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's gone. He's gone. Oh wow. He's gone. Gone. They 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 waived his uh, last two years on his contract. And basically, he said him on a free transfer to Inter Milan. Ship him off, mate. Because uh, he was he was a wage sponge, wasn't he? Get, get this, mate. I think I think there were, actually I think there was three years left. I think they were talking. It would have cost them nearly ten mil in wages over the next three years. So they basically waived that. And said, "Okay, we'll give you. I think it was like a five million pound severage package." And said, "Right, there you go. In uh, just take him off our hands. We don't want yeah. him." Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going on with Smalling? Smalling. So he came back off loan from Roma, and then there's talks of him of Inter actually going in for him for about twenty odd million. Which, again, I'd be happy with selling him. And Rojo as well, who has literally just been frozen out, and yeah, apparently he's gone back to Argentina. So. I, I can't see. I can't see it. He's. Gone. I don't even know who that is, mate. That shows. That shows how much he's been frozen out. <laughs> he's, he's. Yeah, he's been dog shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I'm on the fence with Lukey Shaw. I love him, but also he's so injury prone. And yeah, I do think Brandon Williams. He's a good left back. He's a good young lad, but at the same time, like you can't rely on him, especially when you've got big Champions League games. With with uh, what's his name? If we actually got through to anything, quarter semi uh, last sixteen or quarterfinals, 
I wouldn't feel confident wrapping it at left back against like I don't know Ronaldo or anyone on that right wing who's you're going to be up against. Just look at yeah. what happened last night against Barcelona. Oh mate, I've got a little bullet point about that, so we can we can come on to that NSFW section. <laughs> Do we need to talk about who you want to bring into those areas, or is that kind of a bit too far down the line? I wouldn't. If if we we're gonna look at a left back, I I really would love Ben Chilwell, but apparently Chelsea are already big dollar in on him. So and he's yeah, he's Spenny again. Um I don't know, a centre back. I'm trying to think of a centre back who I'd actually want, but Koulibaly off the top of my head is only someone who I'd who I'd really want. Basically, I want two proper starting centre backs. Maguire, I'll take. Koulibaly, I could say, yes, if he's if them two are at that centre-back, Bailly and Lindelof, they can be the backups, and that's fine. I'm happy with yeah, that. Yeah. And, I mean... I mean, I've just read here, Man, uh, Man City bid 57 mil for Koulibaly. Yeah, I know. So you might be out, out in the cold on that one, mate, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, mate. It's... Uh, uh, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I know what the next question is, and <laughs> it's, it's very difficult for me. But go on, go on, mate. So obviously had De Gea for a while now. He's a bit of a, a veteran player for you a lot. But then there's been talk about, you know, maybe he's coming towards the end of his time at United or maybe he's not quite as good as he used to be. Um, would you look at bringing in Dean Henderson back off, off loan? Yes. Simple okay. answer, yes. Great. Um, okay. Nice. Would, <laughs> let's just move on. No, no, no. So, if I'm honest, if you have Henderson as that as that number two as that backup, that puts a lot of pressure on De Gea then. And really, from my experience as goalkeepers, they they sort of thrive on that kind of pressure when when you've got a half decent backup. I mean, don't get me wrong, Romeo is a good backup, but he's been there so long now that De Gea don't feel like it's a it's a He's, let's be honest, Oli and Mourinho before and Van Hall before, they were never going to put Romeo in over De Gea um, in a Premier League game, were they? It was always uh, Europa League, Carling Cup or FA Cup. So when he actually brings Henderson back, I think he's, De Gea's probably going to get the shits up him a little bit and think, actually, he's, he is actually, he's been unbelievable this season for Sheffield United and he could definitely take the number one spot off me. So I do think bringing him back is a good idea. In terms of actually doing, making the swap and putting him as number one, I'm so torn still. I love De Gea. De Gea was, player, was, our, was our number one player under Van Gaal and under Mourinho for, what, the past three, four, five seasons. So I, I want to give him a fair chance, but Jesus Christ, that goal against Chelsea, the, the Mason, Mason Mount one, oh, like it, <laughs> they, honestly it was it, it almost I was just I did I'm speechless now even trying to talk about it it was to the point where I was just like what is going on <laughs> how can you let something like that in when you when you're a United keeper met be world class like so it's, I mean same with um, the Tottenham lad he scored um, Stevie Bowen yeah yeah I mean, that wasn't a great strike. It, it just came off his leg. I mean, De Gea. Back in the day, De Gea was known as that keeper who would just save everything with his legs. And yeah. now he can't even do that. I remember, so. we, I remember we, played, we played you a couple of seasons ago and he's just having one of those games. We just couldn't put anything past him. I think he made... 
like 12 saves with his legs or something and he, he had his boots framed for that, that game or something like that <laughs> prick <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know man i think it's really i think i think he'll start the season i think the hair will start the season and if we'll get henderson back he'll be number two and i do think if if things start slipping again henderson will take the number one i think you're right though he needs that competition in his yeah. position everyone needs some competition in their position like yeah. to give them that edge and if his mm. edge is slipping a bit then It'd make a lot of sense to bring him back. What you don't want is Dean Henderson sitting on the bench for the whole season and losing losing this momentum he's built up. Yeah. I, I, the problem with... Well, I think not the problem. The thing with goalkeepers is it's there's only one of them in there. So the, the problem would be if United decided that they'd let him go back out on loan to Sheffield United again and then De Gea start making mistakes. It's like, I don't know. It's a hard one. It, it, it is a real. I mean, Chelsea are in the same position at the moment with Kepa. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Frank Lampard's made the decision now that he's going with Caballero, and that's it. And I think that is a brave decision, to be fair. It is a real brave decision. And I think Ollie eventually, like we're saying, he is a bit of a damp boy. I think he is going to have to make that decision at some point if yeah. he keeps with the downward spiral. Yeah. I mean, we can end this section by saying, I think. Kepper is hot dog shit. <laughs> I 100% agree, mate. For 70 odd million as well. What a yeah. mistake. Now, we've got a little bit of a wider chat trying to talk about some of the ongoing footballing situations uh, throughout the last week. Yeah? <laughs> uh, what, what are we saying? What are we saying about that absolute pummeling that Barca got last night. Eight was, two. Uh, did you watch it? I didn't watch it. I've seen the highlights this morning. And you know what? You know what the biggest piss take is? Coutinho scored two and assisted one, which was just like... He was, uh, only, on the pi- he was only on the pitch about 10 minutes. I know. <laughs> oh, he was in heaven, mate. He's in the playground, <laughs> honestly. Oh, it was... I, I watched the, the second half. It was... I don't even know how to describe it. Barcelona looks so just like not with it, like just totally like sucked of energy and life. Messi's just strolling around the pitch with his head down, not tracking anyone back, no energy. Jordi Alba was sort of irate in the refs. I think he threw a ball at the ref at one point. Really? Yeah, it was it was all over the place. But yeah, Thomas Muller just oh my god. That guy Thomas play... Muller is a naughty boy. That guy he, can play football, mate. He, yeah, he is just a naughty boy, isn't he? Let's be and, honest. Um, I want to quickly touch on um, Alfonso Davis as well, because he is ridiculous, mate. I don't know if you saw him in the highlights when he uh, when he came down the left wing and skinned... skinned uh... He's a right back now. Some shit house thirty three year old probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit, I do, and I, I've seen him. I've seen a couple of highlights of of uh, a couple of the buying games during like Bundesliga, and he does look naughty. He looks really naughty. Yeah, they just they just look. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just watching the highlights now. <laughs> um, did you? Did you, another funny thing which I thought was, did you see, um, you know, Arta Vidal, you know, the uh, centre midfielder for Barca, came yeah. out on Thursday and said, um, 
don't worry, Bayern. You're not playing. You're not. Play, you're playing Barcelona tomorrow. You're not playing teams in the Bundesliga, so you won't. You won't be. It won't be a walkover. And it's like yeah, literally the day after that, you're eating so much football pie. Yeah, I mean, my one takeaway from it was that it, <laughs> we got we got pumped in the group stages seven seven one. So doesn't look too bad on us now. I don't think. I mean, exactly, Chelsea yeah. Chelsea got ripped apart by them. Arsenal have been ripped apart by them. Just like they're, by me, it's operate on a different level. They're a machine. I'm really, really looking forward. If City can beat Leon tonight, mm. I am really looking forward to that game. I think that'll be that'll be interesting. And to be honest, I wouldn't be too bothered if City got spanked five or six. But you know, <laughs> we're, we're we're impartial on this podcast, aren't we, mate? We wouldn't, course, yeah. we wouldn't have opinions on rivals or anything like that. Would we? we would not do that. But, I mean, Rio Ferdinand made an interesting point after the game that he said that if if City do come up against Bayern, he sees a lot. Of, he sees a lot of opportunities to score against Bayern because they play with such a high line, yeah, and they press so high that you. you I mean, City are City are experts on the break. Like, there's a definitely an opportunity for them to bag goals there. There's spaces and gaps in between their defence that could be exploited by Sterling and De Bruyne and that. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. Going on to Barca as a whole, though, I do think they're in absolutely oh, like, mate. They're in rebuild mode. If Messi don't go this season, I'd be unbelievably shocked. And you've got to look at like the average average age of their squad. Like yeah. it's ridiculous, and it really showed last night. Like Bayern were a foot ahead of them everywhere. But it's it, they've made it worse themselves by you know um, getting rid of oh what's his name uh, the twenty three Arthur. The midfielder, yeah. he got rid of him and brought in Pjanic, who's 31. And it's like from Juve, and it's like, don't get me wrong, Pjanic's a good player, but you get rid of a 23 role for bringing in old bodies again. Like, you've already got old players, like, mm. at least try and build some youth at the team. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the, the I, I looked at Sky Sports this morning, or the other uh platforms are available. Uh, I looked at that and and basically was unbelievably shocked that they hadn't already sacked the manager. I'm not seeing any news about it yet, but... Yeah, I've heard that he won't be, it's not going to be manager next season. I've, I've not Nothing official, obviously, but... Yeah. I mean, I think I... I texted my friend last night and I said, how many hours has he got left? Really? Like, let's be honest. And I mean, he said, sorry, I had two hours and he won the flipping... Yeah. Flipping league, so they don't mess about, mate, over, over <laughs> in Europe. Um, let's take a few steps down the prestige ladder here, and uh, let's have a quick conversation about Europa League. Can we can we call it what we normally call it, either the Emmerdale Cup or the Farmers Tin Pot Trophy? Right, it's one of them. Well, you're already uh, starting that now because you're fucking qualified for Champions League, mate. Hey, hey, I used to call it that when we were in it last season. Wanted <laughs> to win it, but you know what? Hey, it's silverware at the end of the day. If we could win it, but you know. Well, go on. Sorry, I interrupted there, mate. Very rude of me. Oh, I didn't. I didn't really have a plan to be honest. So, <laughs> please jump well, in. Well, yeah. Like I think. I mean, you're th- uh, United are through. Inter Milan are through. So Inter, it's Sevilla, Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, I think Sunday's game will be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Last time we played them was under Mourinho and inexplicably played the most defensive formation i've ever seen away from home and uh yeah it was it was classic Mourinho tactics i do think 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I do think we'll beat them. I think I think we'll win. I don't know if it'll be another. I want to say it was a lucky one against uh, Copenhagen, but their their goalkeeper was absolutely unbelievable. Mm. Like yeah. Like you, you messaged me, didn't you? I think we hit the post maybe like four or five times. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, the key, the keeper made some absolutely unbelievable one-on-one saves. I mean, personally, um, I can't see anything other than a United and Inter Milan final. No, I, which would be great. That'd be a great game. I would like, I would like to hope that that's the case, but I'm not, I'm not naive. Sevilla are a good team. They're not as good as they were, but they are, they are still definitely a good team. I do. I've got a lot of respect for them, but I, I don't know a lot about Shakhtar Donetsk now. I used to know a bit more about them, but the, I, I, I can't see in and not beating them. Yeah, yeah. Got, well, with all the ex, well, ex United and ex Spurs players they've got. Well, hey, I was thinking this. It would be quite a nice little final, wouldn't it? It'd be Lukaku and uh, Ashley Young and Sanchez. I can't. I don't know if Sanchez can actually play for them uh, during this. I don't think. Yeah. Got so. Ericsson in there as well. Who is? Ericsson's in there as well. Ericsson, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be it could be quite a nice nice little final. Like, I must admit it could be uh I think we I think we need to pay F for respects for, for Wolves for a sec. Oh mate. So sad. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I think I can't I think they played sixty eight or sixty seven games this season including obviously getting to the Europa League with all the qualifying at the start of the season like yeah uh, Nuno Espirito Santos Sanchez uh, unbelievable like he if he if he's still at, at, at Wolves in three or four years time I'd be very surprised if I'd, I don't want to preempt it I would not be surprised if, if Barcelona looked at someone like him to try yeah, and to try a wild card him. yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the uh, statistics here from the Wolves Severe game. Wolves had 24% possession. So, I mean, I thought it was a lot closer than that. I thought it was a lot, a bit more of a tragic kind of one goal loss and out, but maybe they got a bit played off the pitch. I do think as well with how um, Wolves set up, they're always willing to give the ball to the team, uh, opposition, because they are a counter-attacking team, especially with people like... Uh, what's his name? Triori. You can literally just run past half your team. Um, you see that they put. They've seen the baby oil on yeah, his arm. Yeah, I saw that baby oil on his arm, so people can't like grab onto him as well. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, yeah, honourable mention. I got a lot of time for Wolves. I really do like them, and I'm glad that they got back in um, in Europa. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. No wait, they are, they are, they have an Arsenal team in their place. I think. Maybe. Oh, of course they will have, yeah, because they, they won FA Cup, didn't they? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so no no European football for Europe, I mean, they probably need a year off, to be honest. Yeah. yeah I, saw, I saw a quote from him basically saying, like, how knackered all the players are. He said, we do definitely need to bring in some kind of reinforcements, even, you know, at that time, I think there were still suggestions that they could make it into Europe. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for them, isn't it? Let's go to the speculation section, uh, t- transfers. Uh, I mean, you kind of mentioned this earlier about the the loans and loans versus transfers with coronavirus. So we're probably mm-hmm. going to see a lot of sort of tactical cheap loan deals and, and cheaper transfers, unless you're Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Money bags, Chelsea. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I don't know if it's that interesting of a subject really, but it's worth kind of noting. Um, I don't know that Spurs are linked with anyone on loan, but I definitely know that sort of targets we've been looking at are sort of swap deals mainly, cheaper transfers, um, things like that. I mean, I don't know how it's affected United at all, but is it a general theme across all the clubs? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I think the reason why Chelsea have spent so much this season is because obviously they had the transfer ban the last two transfer windows, haven't they? So they've been... Got some pocket really money watching. saved up. Yeah, got some pocket money saved up. I think I think I agree with you, mate. Yeah, I think we will see a lot more loans this, this off-season um, in terms of... Like, uh, like how um, Barca have done with Coutinho, sending him to Bayern and... We don't have many of them in, in England, but maybe a, he could get like a two-year loan spell for some players. And like you said, definitely cheaper transfers without without revenue coming in for, for, through the turnstiles. I don't want to be a big-headed git, but clubs like United and like the top six, eight, it's probably not going to affect as badly. But them teams like, you know, Newcastle, for example, I can't see them spending huge money. I know they brought in like, you know, 20, 30 million plant players like Joel Linton. Yeah, it'll be a bit of a quiet one, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. In terms of loans and transfers, we're going to see a lot more uh, loans and swap deals and probably cheaper transfers. Like I said before, I think the, the top eight is probably not going to affect as much uh, without getting revenue through the door, but teams lower down in the league and especially team promoted teams. I didn't even think about that promoted teams are probably going to struggle a lot with the money. I know they'll get money from the Premier League for getting up and stuff, but you know, it's one of them, isn't it? Especially when you're, you're a team coming up from the from the Championship or a lower league Premier League team. But, yeah. And again, with teams in the Championship and, and lower down than that, they're really, really going to struggle. A lot of their yeah. revenue comes from, from the turnstiles, don't they? I mean, I heard a, a few stories about how Bournemouth are in real trouble and obviously they've gone down now, so they might be in well, I mean, if they ship a few players and they'll get their parachute payment, won't they? And stuff like that. But you know, yeah, it's going to hit hit the lower clubs a lot harder, like you said. But let's go to the other yeah. end of the spectrum now and talk about Chelsea. <laughs> the attacking team that they're assembling is is it scares me. I'm not going to lie. Ziak, 36 million. There's talk of Havertz for around 90 million. Pulisic last season, 57 million. Timo Werner, 47 million. It's ridiculous. And now there's talk of... Ben Chilwell, I've heard of as well. Yeah, yeah. Left back. But you know what, mate? And I don't want to play it down. And it's all good having all them attack that attacking talent. Where's where's um, Chelsea's biggest weakness all season? It's been the, the back four. Yeah. Back five or back four or whatever. You can, you can keep... You can keep bringing in players all you want who are going to score goals. But at the end of the day, like... You, you, if you keep conceding, you can't outscore every single team. You still got to have that solid base to start with. And let's be honest, Zuma, I'm not no, solid. Right. No. Uh, Aspelacueta, good, good defender, but he's again, he's getting on. He's what? Yeah. Probably, he's probably at least 31, 32 now. Uh, yeah. Who else have they got at the back? Uh, Rudiger. I'm not yeah, a big he's fan. Not great. He's not. I'm not sold on him at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Christiansen, the, the Danish lad. He's yeah. he's all right, but he hasn't really played much. I do think it's all well and good buying all them players. And don't get me wrong, bringing in Werner, I think, is an unbelievable signing. He will back oh, up no matter what. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, if we're being sensible, we should be looking at, at defensive reinforcements. Without a doubt. But, yeah. Well, 
We'll we'll see, won't we, mate? I'm sure I'm sure um Abramovich has got some more pocket room to spend. <laughs> Found an extra hundred mil down the back of the same. <laughs> Spurs have made, Spurs have made a signing. I was just going to say, I want I want to hear your opinion on this. What 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 are you thinking? I just think it's incredible that we've made a signing before preseason, mate. Um, but now <laughs> I think I've got the checkbook out. Well, not really, because the net spend on that was three four million pound with Carl Walker Peters going the other yeah, way. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's smart business, to be honest. Although mm. it might not be when. Serge Aurier leaves and we haven't got any natural right backs. But yeah, Hoiberg, I think he I think he Hoiber is how you pronounce it apparently. Yeah. It I think he's uh I think he's a real Mourinho player. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I don't think it's a superstar sign in. I don't think it's glitzy or like anything like that. But like I said, he's gonna be doing the dirty work in midfield and, and we need someone to do that. He, also, he just seems as well like he's just he's up for it. Like he just he, he fancies a, a bit of a scrap. And I think there was a quote from him a couple of years ago where he's like, "I want to be in a team where I want us to be disgusting to play against." Well, then he's definitely gone to the right team with Mourinho, aren't they? Um, one thing <laughs> I would say, I, I didn't, I don't want to start an argument, mate. But before this, you did tell me that you've got Harry Winks as your as your hard man. So why do you need another hard man in midfield? Or is that just the Mourinho way now? Sorry, I, I didn't realise there's a quote around hard men in Premier League clubs, mate. <laughs> oh, okay, fair, fair. Harry Winks does do a bit of that, like dirty work. He does. He he bleeds. He bleeds Spurs. Like there's so many memories of him ingrained in my head, where he's just like yelling at Arsenal players and getting in people's faces, and like he loves the club, mate. He loves the shirt, but like. I don't think he's a natural DM. You need, uh, you need, you need the Hoybier, really. You need the Hoybier to sort of tidy up, just like strengthen that kind of like the back of the midfield in front of the defence. I think it's a great signing, basically. But like I said, yeah. it's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a glitzy signing, is it? No, but at the same time, mate. Like really, like if, if Mourinho knows what he wants when he comes to a club he knows where he needs to strengthen and that is yeah. I'll give him that he is one of he is a good manager for that he knows he can identify where the, where the strengths and weaknesses are again mm. I, I can't always agree with the players that he brings in uh but what do you think of this signing no 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 I think I think it's a good I think personally I think it's a good signing for you I do think it's a good sign I was more referring to the times when he brought Lukaku in at United when we already had Ibrahimovic and yeah, Rashford yeah. and Marshall, and it was a little bit of a basically just wanted a target man, so he spent seventy odd million on Lukaku, who we sold after like two seasons. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be but, interesting to see how he deals with this window because he's not going to be able to do that. I suppose he's not going to be able to just spunk seventy million on someone because he wants them. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. So I mean, obviously Daniel Levy's as tight as two coats of paint, but. <laughs> Obviously, you've got the corona thing on top of that now. So, be an interesting window for sure. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I agree. I do think there's going to be some loans and some transfers which we either didn't see coming or are a lot lower in price and value than you would actually expect. I don't yeah, think. yeah. Um, Willian to Arsenal. Uh, I think that's a really good signing for Arsenal. I hate to admit it. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I think, I think he'll bring yeah, something. Yeah. It'll bring something to the team that they've been lacking for a while, which is like proper leadership. Because 
he's been he's been through quite a bit with Chelsea. He knows how to win with Chelsea. I do think he is a good signing, and especially on a free. Personally, I didn't really understand the way that Chelsea were going. They were only wanting to offer him a two-year contract, and I know, like at this what point, thirty-one. 32. So, yeah, they didn't want to offer him a contract up to 35. And I understand that. But at the same time, like, maybe maybe they've got more plans for Ziek and, uh, what's his name, Pavart, or however you say his name, bringing them in and actually, like, them them plugging the hole which Willian's left. I do think, realistically, who else have we got on them wings now? Like, Pedro? Uh, yeah, yeah. Alan Hudson-Odoi? Like, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of it, to be honest. Um, I kind of have no strong feelings about it because whenever we play uh, Chelsea, Willian turns up and has the best game of his life. So I'm just prepared for that to happen again at Arsenal again now. Like, yeah, I don't think it's a particularly great sign. I think it's their bad PR for them right now, considering they've just laid off 55 members of staff. Um mm. And Willian's just start. He's starting on a two hundred twenty thousand pound a week contract. Um, doesn't matter whether you got him for free or not. Like you could be paying, you know, eight, eight, nine, ten people's wages a year for that. I did not know about that. So yeah, in yeah. that respect, that yeah, that's pretty messed up. I agree. Yeah, with you it's there. not great at all. It's messed up. Like yeah. you can't you can't lay off fifty five members of staff and then bring in a player and start paying him over two hundred thousand pound a week. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's messed up. Yeah. At the end of the day, I do think a lot, a lot of it's gonna, it's a changing environment at the moment with football. I think a lot of clubs will end up making decisions which they'll either go back on or think in the past that was kind of rash that we, yeah, obviously I mean, how, how coronavirus has affected everyone in terms of sports. So I mean, look at uh, the Liverpool, Liverpool and Spurs furloughed staff and then reversed the decision quite quickly once there was like a public sort of outcry. Um, I have seen sort of petitions going around for for Arsenal to like not get rid of these members of staff. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I just I just think it's it's, it's not a good yeah. look for Arsenal at all. No, hundred percent, man. It is real bad PR. That is, I didn't actually know about that, and you're right. That is real bad PR to to yeah. go staff members like that. Um, and just kind of a final point on this. I was interested to hear your thoughts on on Jack Grealish and, and where you think he might end up, particularly now as as Villa have done the great escape. I have very strong opinions on this. I you want to go to United? Want, I <laughs> do not want this shit house at United. Oh, you don't? Okay, no. right, right. No, no, no. A million times, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I personally, he's twenty-three. I don't think he's a United. I don't think he's United quality. If I'm honest, twenty-three. Yeah, I think he's twenty-three or twenty-four. Yeah. Wow. Um, if I'm honest, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's United quality. He's. If anything, and I know this will sound proper left wing, I, I'd actually prefer if if it was a choice between Lingard and Grealish, I keep Lingard. Like the amount of money you're going to spend on Grealish, you feel right? No, mate. Listen, listen, listen. He'll come in. He'll he'll be a big transfer. He'll come in. He'll be getting paid pretty big wages, and then he'll be playing second fiddle because he can't play anywhere else but, apart from that camera, which which. Uh, Fernandez has already got locked down. Yeah. So he'll be playing there. I guarantee within a season, season of a half, a season half of him not getting regular first team football because he's getting pushed out by Fernandez, he will be moaning. He's exactly one of them kind of players that as soon as he as soon as he's not playing every single game, he'll be moaning. I, I already can see that happening now. Yeah. So 
personally, yeah, I, I didn't want him. I, I mean, what's what's the depth at Cam though? Like, have you got past Fernandez? Mata can play there. Lingard can play there. Is Mata not on his way out? Nah, I think I think Mata stay. And I think I'm pretty sure I've seen somewhere the last couple of weeks that Mata had signed a new contract last okay. last month sometime. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. Personally, though, I'd, I would just prefer to either try and bring a kid through the academy or just, I don't know, I just, I, I, it's, it's a personal thing. I just don't like Grealish. I think his attitude stinks towards football. Uh, stuff over lockdown, like where he's broken lockdown protocol. I know other players have done it and bloody, but I just, I don't like him personally. I don't like him as a player. Personality wise, I think he would disrupt the dressing room. So where do you uh, think he should go? Uh, you, guys can have, you guys can have him if you want. Oh, thank, thanks, mate. <laughs> nice one. Um, I, I, I personally, I can see him staying at, uh, at Villa for another season. But yeah, I can now. I think if they'd have gone down, I think he would have been out off. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And yeah. if it, yeah, if it have if it had gone down, he would have been out like a shot. He would have been. Yeah, but you see him. Yeah. You see him playing in the England squad. Maybe. Oh. If he's only 23, yes, probably he'll get in there eventually. But mm. then again, like, who, who else have you got at, at camp for England? Like, Ali, um, who else? Yeah. Obviously, Lingard. I mean, Sancho can play uh, at sort of that cam role. Honestly, um, mate, you've, you've, you've used the word Lingard more times today than I've thought about him in the last year. Ah, ah. Well, Sterling can play at number ten sometimes. Like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's interesting know. to see what happens. I do. I think he'll. I think he'll eventually break in. Um, but again, a, a weird one which I always find a little bit annoying is that most of the England squad is just made up of like the top half of the table, like of players mm. from teams yeah. from the top half of the table. So I do think he's fighting an uphill battle if he did stay at Villa. To try and get into that. I mean, I don't think it's as bad as it used to be, though. It used to be yeah. very much on like reputation, whereas yeah. now it seems to be a little bit more like statistics driven. Yeah, I um, agree. I do yeah. agree. Great. I think that wraps it up, really. Um, yeah. I mean, something that people seem to say at the end of podcasts is that's all we've got time for. I mean, but... we do have more time, but I, there's this go with we that's all we got time for. I think that's all we've got time for. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the away end. Uh, and we'll be back next week hopefully with another episode yeah thanks very much bye